Welcome to this Investech Specialist Bank podcast. The views expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily represent the views of the firm and should not be taken as advice or recommendation. Investech Specialist Bank, a division of Investech Bank Limited, is a registered credit provider. Welcome to Investec in Conversation. I'm Karen Johnston, and today we are speaking about the do's and the don'ts and how to build and manage your personal brand online, especially when it comes to social media. I'm delighted to welcome two experts in the field. Uh, my name is Emma Sadler, and I am a social media lawyer. I specialize in all aspects of publication and law. I give a lot of talks on education around social media to children at schools, to university students, and to companies. And I think that it's time everybody started learning what the laws are, what the disciplinary consequences are, and what the impact to your reputation can be if you get it wrong online. My name is Maps Mapunyani, myself from Maps Mapunyani, and I work in fashion, media, entertainment, and I'm an entrepreneur. I do TV presenting, acting, modeling, uh, just to name a couple things, and I am a serial entrepreneur. I'm involved in a few businesses, and social media is very important uh, to basically running myself as a brand and my companies as a whole. This is Investec in Conversation, a podcast brought to you by your award-winning international private bank and wealth manager. Welcome to you both. You are both entrepreneurs in your own right and have developed strong personal brands online. How have you used social media to do this? Maps, let's start with you. Well, social media has been uh, pivotal to really, um, I guess, progressing in anything that I've been doing and just generally just growing in it. Um, I've tried to make sure that I'm an, as present as possible on all forms of social media, um, whether it be Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and recently Snapchat. Uh, but at the same time, I guess making use of it in ways that are unique um, altogether. So being as interesting as possible, but not duplicating whatever content that I'm putting on. So that's sort of one of the tricks I try and um, try and keep uh, moving through. Through all my social media, I try to be as consistent as possible and I I try and hopefully from all of that gain enough interest that people want to follow me I've surprised myself on social media um, managed to garner quite a bit of a, a following collectively uh, you know around 600,000 and it's been it's been quite a quite a great space for for growth and to be able to use that into something that um, I've been able to monetize as, and use as a brand a brand building exercise so to speak and being your own advertiser and marketer and PR person and publicist and it just makes things so much easier so I've tried to use that to my advantage as, as much as possible been in the industry now for about seven years and I've never needed a um, a manager or a publicist or a PR person, any of that, because that's just been easy for me to do, um, disseminate through social media. Ironically, though, things are just so hectic now, and there's been such a following that has come with it that I've needed the help to continue doing all of that. So um, it's 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 definitely very dependent on how you use it, and of course, when you when you have spread yourself out to that many people. Um, it becomes a case of making sure that you use it as positively as possible. And Emma, you've got a similar story as well. Have you, yeah, so, so I always say that uh, Facebook is for my friends and Twitter is for the people I'd like to be my friends. I think the most extraordinary thing about social media is that it gives everyone a voice. You don't have to rely on sympathetic media anymore. You don't have to go and make friends with journalists to get your story out there. You have a voice. You have instant access to an international public permanent platform. And that is a great, great power. Of course, it can be 
terribly frightening, especially when you've had too much wine. But but in general terms, the idea that you can build your own profile without relying on anybody is a very, very important tool for the modern day professional. And certainly from my personal point of view, when I left the big law firm that I worked at, there was a lot of concern for some of the more senior partners who, who were very, very kind to me, uh, who came and said to me, you know, are you sure about this? Are you are you sure that uh, you want to go on your own? It's a tough world out there. It's difficult to get clients. And I just said to them, you know, I, I hope that if it doesn't work, you'd, you'd be nice enough to have me back. Luckily, I haven't had to go back because I've been busy every single day since I left that law firm. I've never spent a cent on advertising. I've never spent a cent on marketing. I've managed to style myself as the expert in the field of social media law in South Africa. I've got a constant open door policy. If anybody wants to contact me at any time, they can send me a tweet. Uh, I don't need a website. I don't need business cards. I don't even need an email address. They can contact me straight away and I can help them. I tweet interesting stuff. I, I tweet stuff more that's interesting to me rather than stuff I'm worried about whether it's going to be interesting to other people because I think that if you if you just keep keep yourself interested, then I think that's possibly the best place to start when it comes to what content you should be posting on social media. I've got a network of extraordinary professionals around the world who all specialize in social media. It's a very new field, so there are developments all the time. We kind of keep each other updated. These are people I've never even met before. And I can follow court cases around the world in sort of contemporaneous detail without even leaving my office. Um, just by following the sort of bull by bull commentary, as it were, uh, on Twitter. So, so I do think it's just the most incomparable tool if used correctly. Every time you post something, don't you feel like there's a pressure to live up to that standard? So I don't know if I would see it as a pressure, but I think it's good to remember that there's an audience because I think a lot of the mistakes come in where people think they're speaking to the abyss. <laughs> you know, we've seen somebody like Justine Sacco cause a worldwide uh, outrage um, when she tweeted, going to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS. I'm <laughs> just kidding, I'm white. You know, when she tweeted that, and that became, the hashtag has Justine landed yet became the number one trending topic in the entire world. When she tweeted that, she had 175 followers. That's not a very big audience when you think of numbers on social media. I was going to say it's a drop in the ocean. It's actually a teardrop in the ocean. But it still managed to have this worldwide impact that it had. So I think it's very, very dangerous to start thinking to yourself that no one's listening. It's important to know that what you're posting online is very public and very permanent. Even if you delete it, somebody would have taken a screenshot. And so it's good to feel that accountability to the audience. I have a very scientific algorithm, which I call the jump in the tummy test, which is when I'm just about to post, press post or send or share or tweet. And I get that it's like a little visceral feeling in your stomach. Like, mm, is this a good idea? Just give yourself five minutes because there's simply five minutes that you don't get back. And I think so often we forget how far we've come. You know, if I wanted to have my opinion published on a public platform 12 years ago, what could I have done? You know, what options were available to me? And the one that I'm thinking of is that I could have written a letter to the editor of a newspaper. Now, there's a lot of time to think about what you're going to say, get an envelope, get a stamp off to the post box. If you're just going to say something in the heat of the moment because you're very angry, you're furious, you're overwhelmed, you're tired, you're hungry, you're drunk, you've got time to think about whether or not it's a good idea. You also had the additional editorial control of somebody checking it and deciding whether or not to publish it. Now we all have this unfettered access. It's very instant, it's very permanent, it's very international, it's very public. So so really thinking to yourself, who's seeing this? What happens if my boss sees this? <laughs> what happens yeah. if, the, if the police see this? What happens if my mum sees it, my children, my grandparents? Because um, if you wouldn't want all of those people to see it, even if they're not in the initial audience, 
then don't let it exist on digital format because if you get it wrong, somebody's taking a screenshot, it will go viral. And have you found maybe maps over time that um, as your brand has developed, that you've become more considered or you've had to make a stand in certain ways? To be honest, I try to be as lighthearted as possible. Um, I may have my opinions and, uh, you know, want to put down some serious facts about things people should be concerned about. I've got my interests that I tweet about, but at the same time, I like to also just, um, you know, show the... So the sort of fun that's in me and the lack of taking yourself too seriously. Um, and, and I try to find a, a balance between all of that. It's, it, it's something that I always have to be cognizant of. It's something that I take very seriously. And I try to be as consistent as possible about it. You know, if I'm going to be working with a certain brand, I'm not going to change the way I do things because then people can see right through that. So it's, mm. being, it's being very cognizant of that as well. You know, yeah, wanting absolutely. to be um, as authentic as you can be, but at the same time, making sure that you uh, continue to um, think of what your actions um, can actually have in terms of ramifications on your association. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you speak largely about, you know, about the, the other side of social media. And I mean, to me, I would just absolutely freeze now before I put anything out there. Yeah. And I think, you know, there, there could be that reverse psychology on, on using a platform. But, it, but as we've discussed, the, the platform can be hugely beneficial to building a personal mm. brand. I'd much rather scare people. You know, somebody asked me recently in an interview, what's the worst part of my job? And I said to them, without even missing a beat, although I'd not, not thought about it beforehand, was that, I hate the idea that I'm scaring people off these incredible platforms because these platforms can be scary if used incorrectly, but they can also be really incredible. And I would like to scare people because when you phone me to tell me you've been fired and is there anything I can do to help, at that stage, there's very little I can do for you. So I'd much rather you were extra cautious at the beginning um, and then kind of push the boundaries a bit rather than the other way around because I do feel incredibly helpless. And because the internet is so permanent, because we've all become celebrities, we see people's reputations being ruined for a very long time. I see it with some of the more high profile social media mess ups at schools. Actually, one of the fathers phoned me this morning of a case that I dealt with. Um, it was a couple of years ago now. And, and his son is now entering the workforce. And he just said to me, when you Google him, these results, these pictures, these sort of inappropriate pictures, which shouldn't really have been posted, still come up. And those are the only images that appear on Google. And what can we do to try and make sure that it's not going to compromise him when he tries to get a job. And the truth is that it's very, very difficult <laughs> because once the content is out there, it's out there. But I mean, you would still say social media is quite important, especially to entrepreneurs such as yourself. Absolutely. I think that, that the idea that you have this voice, that you can upload content about whatever interests you, you can have a network of brilliant professionals, um, that you people know where to contact you. I think that it's, it's just so cool. Social media is so cool and it's so much fun. And I think that part of the reason, you know, I, I worry that people don't take it seriously because you must take it seriously, but you can also have a bit of fun with it. I mean, when I started my Twitter account, my Twitter handle was Media Law Barbie with a penchant for a party. And I think <laughs> the law firm probably did a flick flack when they saw that, but, but it worked. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, allowing you to disrupt the traditional models. I couldn't have done, when I speak at schools often, kids come to me afterwards and they say, oh, Emma, this is so interesting. How do we become social media lawyers? And I have to say, five years ago, my job didn't exist. Mm. So it's kind of just keeping with the times and just staying mm. relevant and, and staying on trend. And, and these opportunities open themselves up to you. 
And to even, I mean, um, expand on that a bit more, if we look at more of the business side of entrepreneurship, there's advertising and marketing where now you don't require a multi-million rand budget or hundreds and thousands of rands to be able to get the word out there about whatever business you're starting up or whatever business you're running right now and you need to spread it as far and as wide as possible. If you keep it interesting and entertaining and relevant, um, that relevance is a very important thing. You know, it's important to look at what's happening in the news and um, what has just come to the fore that's just broken out and you use that to your advantage and see how you can spin that for your um, for your brand that's obviously something brands like Nando's do very well uh, mm. they've been very well known for that but with social media they've taken even more advantage of that but if you can sort of take that approach if you brand new or sort of still coming up it's a great way of people starting to see how how cool you are and how relevant you are and how they want to get involved with that um, as long as you keep it fun and clean and no one's getting hurt then you can really use it to your greatest advantage just don't be boring but do you think, um, as much as you don't want to be boring, but do you think you actually need like a, a social media strategy as an entrepreneur or as a, just as an individual who's trying to get your brand out there? So, so the strategy is yeah. honestly about being consistent and authentic and being different and standing out somehow and also just not being stupid. Yeah, I think that's probably a good summation. I think that if you if you require a strategy for social media, then you require a strategy for life. I think when we start treating the social media world any differently from the real world, I think that's when we're asking for trouble. Because social media is the real world. And, and the idea that there are different rules that exist, different strategies that are required for social media, I think is a complete fallacy. If there are laws that apply to you in the real world, they apply to you online. If there are contractual obligations that apply to you in the real world, they apply online. If there are ethical obligations, if there are industry guidelines, professional codes of conduct, all of that applies to your content online. So, so it's just, I suppose, really being real, not forgetting who you are um, when you go online. Because for some reason, and I call it the cyberspace fallacy, the idea that when people go online, they suddenly think they've entered into a different jurisdiction, that the real world rules and obligations don't apply to them anymore. And I'd say the converse is actually true. Because what we're putting online is so public and so permanent, we create, in, le in legal terms, we would call it the paper trail. You know, it's not mm. like in a defamation case in the old days, I say the old days, six years ago, where we used to have to call people who with the ear witness and say, did this person say this at the dinner party? Did he say that? You know, get the witnesses. Now we take a screenshot, we've got the evidence. So it's very important that you appreciate that those obligations not just apply, I'd say apply even more so to your content online. I don't think there's special strategies involved to just be who you are, be honest, be real, be transparent and be interesting. So when we start looking at the future and maybe what the space is going to look like, going forward I mean what do you think who knows I think that as far as social media is concerned you know if we thought of social media like a book I think we're still reading the table of contents and I think that's why we so, see so many issues from a legal point of view is that we could never have foreseen that we'd be communicating in the way that we communicate now 10 years ago even even less I mean the, the constitution in South Africa was 1996 it's one of the newest, one of the best com constitutions in the whole world. And it's already outdated. We're applying intellectual property laws, like the Copyright Act is a 1970s piece of legislation. And now we're trying to apply these very archaic laws to these very new ways that we communicate. And that can be incredibly difficult. Also, you know, it's hard to keep on top of the, the stuff. You know, I don't even have a proper real job anymore. I spend a lot of time trying to get on top, top of developments. What are the new platforms? How are people using them? What are the issues? And I don't know how our judges are supposed to know what Snapchat is or how it works because first it's often a generational thing but secondly it just takes an, a huge amount of time to kind of stay on top of all the developments so 
I think that we have no idea where it's going. I think that probably what's next will be a lot of live streaming stuff. You know, we're seeing the sort of the Snapchat stories, the periscopes. I don't know. Just video in general. Yeah, yeah. video in general. Um, But certainly it's all screen time. Um, I would definitely agree with that. In fact, Emma said everything I was going to say verbatim. Um, But it's definitely a part that we have no idea um, in terms of which direction it's going, which is why we have social media lawyers now. I mean, that's something that didn't exist uh, a while ago. And, um, you know, you have things like influencers and um, social media, uh, digital project managers, whatever it may be. Um, it's, it's developed a whole different industry. And honestly, if we could predict where it was all going, we'd all be millionaires because um, we'd be shaping the future. But it's something that you can never do. You sort of just um, seem to work out what's going to work and what isn't. People for a very long time at the start of Twitter's entrance into the social media world thought Twitter would last maybe a couple years and it would all be gone and it's um, I think it's been around now for about eight years and just social media in general people are getting over Facebook I mean Facebook now has billions of, uh, mm-hmm. of people on Facebook and it's still going strong and you just don't know what's going to last what's going to be reinvented because they all seem to always reinvent themselves as well by M&A's mergers and acquisitions of each other or however they develop the next thing and with video as, as Emma mentioned being being really the direction it all seems to go what's going to be next um, there's uh, virtual reality which is definitely one of the next things in video but definitely that direction but it's all it's all up to the age of technology and what interests people final thoughts Emma I think that we need to start managing our reputations. Everybody is a celebrity in the digital age. Google yourselves. Have a Google alert on your name. If there's something that you don't want um, that comes up on a Google search, delete it. The best website in the world is called justdelete.me. It'll give you step-by-step instructions on how to delete any account you may have started. If you were a a crazy 13-year-old goth and you've got a MySpace account that comes up first when I Google you, delete it. You know, do a social media audit on yourself. It's very, very important that we start treating ourselves like the celebrities that we've become. Thank you both for being here. It has been most informative. Thank you for having us. And uh, to our audience, thank you for listening in. This is Investec in Conversation. You've been listening to Investec in Conversation, a podcast brought to you by your award-winning international private bank and wealth manager. 